Hey, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana and I am here with Jamie today. How's it going? It's going very well. How are you doing? I'm good. Enjoying the fall. We had a little bit of snow. Things are good. How much have you gotten total this year? Oh, just a dusting. I mean, we, we had one day we got like five or six inches, but most of that's gone, you know, unless it's in a really shady area. And then we've just had itty bitty flurries. Yeah. So we get, um, we have a lawn service that does like, we've got so many leaves and it, the fall mm-hmm. is so busy with mm-hmm. hockey and everything on the weekends that we just go ahead and get someone to take care of mm-hmm. our leave cleanup and the last mow and all that stuff. So it has been so hard getting someone lined up. Cause they're all like, even the person we normally use is like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we had you on the list. We didn't know if you wanted it. And we're like, they're pressed because of their, fu- they're racing the snow to try and get all the cleanups done. Cause it's like, yeah. Um, But our neighbors had someone that was coming today that agreed to do ours at the same time. So we kind of snuck in. So I'm excited. My husband's going to be so excited. I can't wait. I like (laughs) wanted to text him and say, we're getting it done today because he's been like really worried about it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. We inherited when we moved to our new house, we inherited a garden and I was out just a couple of days ago and realized even though we've had frost probably 10 times, we've had snow probably five times. Like there's still things growing. Like there's still, we harvested a ton of kale yesterday. Oh, that's and there's awesome. Some, that's exciting. Yeah, there's some Brussels sprouts out there growing really well. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that is exciting. Our kale and Swiss chard was doing really well. And as usual, just before I did give some to a neighbor a few weeks ago, but just as mm-hmm. I was about to harvest more, cause I've used some of the kale, but, um, the moose came and just like oh, ate it right that. down to the bottom that happened to my Brussels sprouts several years through. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But at least somebody got the benefit of them and they didn't die in the frost. <laughs> Right. That's true. And, you know, maybe one day that moose is going to feed a hungry family. That's right. (laughs) It's the circle of life. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm excited about today's episode, just talking about different types of fears and just common fears that can make us even afraid to pray or maybe to hold back in our prayers. Uh, What do you do when you're praying for something that you're kind of scared might come true? I think it's going to be a great topic. So you want to open us up in prayer and we can dive in? Yes, definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with our verse of the day. I'm just going to shake it up. Um, our verse of the day is second Timothy one, six through eight. This is from the new King James. Um, just cause I liked the wording. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel, according to the power of God. God, we just thank you for this time today. Thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you for the gift of just partnering with you in bringing your kingdom power here on earth as it is in heaven. We just look at this scripture today. And we just claim that, that, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that we can come to you and lay out all of those fears. We don't have to deny them or push them under the carpet, but we can, we can actually give you those fears and lay them at your feet and receive that, that birthright of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we do that today, God, we just pray this would be a, um, 
just a, a God ordained podcast episode that you would be glorified in it and just speak to all of us through it. Amen. Did you hear the squeaking during the, squeaking the prayer? Time. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of our last coffee break episode where we had a listener ask us to make cute noises because her nephew loves them. So that was, that was for Gracie, Gracie's nephew. Yes. I should have brought Archie for that episode. uh, Why don't you go ahead and uh, start up, introduce our just for fun while I steal the squeaky toy real quick. (laughs) No problem. So our just for fun question is what is the very first prayer that you remember praying? So for me, I think for sure there's like praying before meals, you know, you thank you for the food, all of that. My dad did bedtime prayers with us. We didn't do too many scripted prayers. Although I remember at my cousin's house that we would get together with regularly, they actually, their dinner prayer was singing the doxology, which was interesting. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the prayers I remember. I remember learning the Lord's prayer in VBS when I it was one of the younger VBSs. You know, I was probably like kindergarten or so. And, and that was like the memory verse for the week was learning the Lord's prayer. So yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of everything. What about you? So I, I think one of my favorite, one of my first memories is the God is great. God is good. Mm-hmm. Now we thank him for our food. And then, um, you know, what bugged me about that one so much, what good and food don't really rhyme. God is great. And so always, you didn't say God is great. God is good. Now I did we not think say good. Our food. I guess maybe if we were Minnesotan, it might've worked. Or God is good. Now we thank him for our food. Yeah, for our food. you're right. I don't want to thank doesn't. God for my food. So it you're kind of definite, me. You're mm-hmm. definitely in the literary arts to notice yeah, that. Yeah, and, even when I was like three, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't rhyme. Like, this, this is pretty rhyme. stupid. <laughs> no, it's a good one. It's cute. Well, and the other one is my dad would do the little bedtime prayer. Um, but now I lay me down. Now to I lay sleep. me down to sleep. And do mm. you know, like the second part, if I lay me down to sleep, I pray yes. the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die, my dad I... never did that part. And I remember someone taught me that if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, it's a good sentiment, but as a child, that's not necessarily something, but that's yeah. But so I may never... back, you know, like if we, if we want to assume that prayers hundreds of years old, maybe it made more sense. <laughs> Well, absolutely. With, you know, childhood diseases being and so much more prevalent and, back then. I mean, not know? that, that I mean, one prayer would have, you know, made the difference between heaven no, and but, hell. But, but could it have no, made yeah, it's very comfort morbid. for the people <laughs> yeah, that, you know, exactly. maybe it was a source of comfort when death yeah, was at your door. Yeah. So anyway, I've heard is, lots of variations. People have tried to make it cuter. Yeah. We had a little like stuffed angel that someone gave us as a baby toy that said it, but it, it said a different way. So now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul to keep. I forget what came next, but they changed it. So it didn't, you know, talk about child mortality and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next, the, one of the other ones, one of the early prayers was I would pray for my family members. Like we had a very close knit extended family. So cousins, Mm -hmm, aunts and uncles, mm -hmm. grandparents on my mom's side, all kind of lived in the same area. And so I remember I would brush my teeth. And as I was brushing my teeth, I would say, 
you know, God bless. And I would start, and as I was brushing, I would name their names. So it would be like, you know, mommy. And it it was kind of fun for me to have my voice sound different and be brushing my teeth while I said their name, but I would go through like all the different, see how many family members I could name. And then I had family in California. So, you know, I I could have maybe spent hours brushing my teeth. Not really. Not really. But I do remember hygiene too. (laughs) Yeah. So one thing I've always really admired about you is your dental hygiene. Why? Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. So yeah, I love, I love that we can introduce this topic of what do you do when you're scared? I mean, we've, we've talked for sure about praying through fears. Like I am scared of my, something bad happening to my kids. So I'm going to turn that into a prayer, but this is almost the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's when fear creeps in about the things we're praying for, or maybe fear even keeps us from praying the way God wants us to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest one that comes to mind for me right off is fear of God disappointing us. And so we don't ask him for very much like my, one of my sons who shall remain anonymous, got in pretty big trouble because he got this way of asking for things by prefacing it with, well, I know the answer is probably going to be no, but, mm-hmm. and it was like, I think giving him the benefit of the doubt, I really do think that he was trying to like, basically say, I know this might come across as an odd request. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he meant to be like super snarky or super passive aggressive, mm-hmm. but that's for sure how it came out, you know, like, Jamie, I want to record at noon, but I'm sure you're not going to be ready to record by then. Do you know that? Right. Like, yeah. Can you hear how horrible that sounds? Yeah. And I think sometimes we can do that with God when we're afraid mm. oh, wow. that he That's might powerful. come through. Yeah. <laughs> that is powerful. And you either approach it that way or you just don't approach it mm-hmm. at all. And yep. yeah, well, and I've experienced that not only in my own prayer life, but maybe even more so when I'm praying along with someone else, like if, um, if I'm partnering with someone else in prayer, whether it's my children, we've talked about this before or a friend or someone, and I'm almost afraid to say, well, let's take that to God and ask him for that thing because I'm afraid he might not give it. And right. I don't want to make him through. look bad. I'm trying to protect God's image, you know, yeah. trying to give yeah. him a better he, rep. He does. Sorry, I think my mic cut out. Oh, good. I was checking my headphones. I was like, oh, I think I must have, my headphones must have come out. No, no, no. He just, he doesn't need our help. He doesn't. I would so much rather teach my kids to pray boldly and then learn to handle the disappointments that inevitably will come. You know, we've said it before on the show. If if you don't have a drawer full of disappointed prayers, mm-hmm. you're not praying boldly enough. You know, like none of us are going, I think we can get encouraged by knowing that when we pray according to God's will, he is going to answer us. We can for sure be encouraged by that, but there's also this sense of that doesn't mean that I think some people, what I'm trying, I'm floundering, but what I'm trying to say is some people are so afraid of praying something that might not be God's will that they would rather not pray for it at all. You know, it really is that sense of, well, I know the answer is probably going to be no. So I'm not going to bother to ask you for this. Yeah. No, I think that that might be, I might be so bold as to say that that might be the number one, like 
one, one of the number one, I'm not bold enough. Mm-hmm. One of the mm-hmm. number one reasons that people are afraid to go to yeah. God, a little hesitated. Um, yeah. Another one that I can think of is a prayer of surrender, knowing mm-hmm. that you need to put something in God's hands yeah. and yet being terrified that he's going to take you up on it. Um, Mm -hmm. like I've had things, well, I've had times with our podcast, our ministry where I've just said, God, is this where you want my time to be? Is this what you want me to be doing? And desperately wanting him to say yes, because I love it so much, but going through with that prayer, but it's scary because I was like, well, what if he says, no, what if he says that it's time to hang it up? It's time to stop with And, um, because I wouldn't like that. And, Mm -hmm. and then wondering, well, am I really going to hear if he says that? And, you know, so there's all kinds of stuff, but any kind of prayer surrender, surrendering the safety and well-being of your child's future or Mm -hmm. whatever saying, okay, God, whatever plans you have for these kids, whatever they look like, no matter what, let it be. So, and just letting go anything that involves Mm -hmm. letting go and trusting God. Yeah. Well, and we can bring such a martyr syndrome into our prayers that some of us automatically think, well, if I surrender this to God, then the very worst possible thing ever is going to happen. Right. And that's not really the purpose of surrender. The purpose of surrender is just to acknowledge that the outcome is in God's hands. You know, I think that especially when we're scared about praying for something that might go against God's will. Okay. First of all, we definitely need humility even if you're praying boldly, I think there's a way to balance being extremely bold and extremely confident and even brazen sometimes in our requests, but also to be humble and gracious. Like I think of Esther as a really, really, really good example of this. She had an outlandish request of the king, you know, like totally outlandish. She didn't preface it with this talking, well, I know you're probably going to say no, right? She, she brought her very brazen request to the king, but she did it in a way that was still very submissive and gentle hearted. And I think that we can bring both aspects of that into our prayer lives. We can come to God with bold praise and requests, but we can do it in a way where we still ultimately acknowledge that he is sovereign And that even if we don't get what we're praying for, we are going to trust him. Like if praying the wrong thing, and by that, I mean, asking God to do something that is not ultimately within God's will. Like if that was a sin, then Jesus would have sinned in Gethsemane when he asked Jesus or he asked the father to not have to go through the suffering that he went through. Mm -hmm. So I think if your fear is, I don't want to ask God for something because it might not be his will that sound it's almost like a false humility it sounds submissive and it sounds mm-hmm. surrendered but in a way it kind of comes across like my kid like well i know the answer is probably no but mm-hmm. <laughs> well and not to mention if prayer truly is a relationship and not just a thing we do then right laying it out there mm-hmm. and then waiting for the response is there's nothing to lose with that. Exactly. Like there have been times when I have brought up something to my husband that was kind of outlandish, like Mm -hmm. way back, we were newlyweds, no kids. There was a teen girl who was in a really bad home situation. And my heart was like, 
let's take her in. (laughs) You know, like I was in that mode. I had just come from working at the girls' home, working with troubled teens. And so I automatically assumed, okay, here's somebody you need our jobs to take her in. And so I presented that to my husband and it's like, you know, it, it wasn't something that he felt was the right thing to be called for, but I still feel like it was my job to bring that up. And I think this is especially helpful for wives. Like if you have something on your heart and you bring it up to your husband and he says, no, I'm not on board. Sometimes we feel really, really guilty. We feel like, okay, now I've sinned against God. I tried, but I sinned against God because I think God wants us to do A, but my husband says, no, let's do B. My thought is you would sin if you never presented it. If you took that really, really snarky attitude of, well, he's probably going to say no, so I'm just not going to bring it up. You know, like I believe God put it on my heart to ask my husband what he thought about bringing that teen into our home. Because my husband wasn't also on board with the idea, I am absolutely convinced that that was not what God was calling us as a couple to do. But that still means that I was supposed to go and present that. If I had just assumed, oh, well, Scott's not going to be a mortgage, so I'm not going to do it, that would be neglect and disobedience. And so I feel like we can kind of take that same mindset with our prayers, like it's better, even if, and, and I know you've experienced this, like the times where you think you're praying for something Mm -hmm. and then God shifts as you pray. So maybe, um, maybe you're praying about God, we really want the Hamptons to move so they could be our next door neighbors. And we're praying and praying and praying so hard because we really want the Hamptons to come and move out here. But as I start praying for that, the Holy spirit prompts me to pray for, a beautiful home in Anchorage for you, you know, or something like that. And actually it's the house across the street. That's right. It's not next door. (laughs) We'll just move you into our basement. It's even better. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) I'll just just keep you in the basement. We'll let you out at (laughs) mealtimes. Come on, Jamie. No, Um, but you know, so if you never even bring your desires to God, First of all, you really do come across as that snarky team Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we've talked about. Second of all, you don't give him the chance to adjust your prayers. You know, sometimes it's better to just start praying for something and have discernment and intuition and a submissive heart so that if you feel God's prompting you to like adjust your prayers that you'll be open to that. But if you're not even going to pray for it at all, if I'm like, well, God never wants us in the Hamptons to live in the same town. So I'm not even going to pray for it. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin that process of letting God guide my prayers. Right. And just like in the marriage relationship, if you had never approached your husband about this idea, you might be harboring resentment, like, well, Mm -hmm, even though mm -hmm. he said, no, there's something different about interacting and having the conversation that grows the relationship. And so likewise, I think if you're going into something with God and and you think, well, I'm not even going to put it out there, it damages your relationship. It puts a wall up Mm -hmm. because God, Mm -hmm. I mean, unlike your husband, God knows your thoughts. He knows your motives, your mind, your desires, your deepest, darkest wishes, Mm -hmm. or not dark. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Right. But you know what I mean? And so I think that it's exercising the relationship and, and that's, you know, when we shift our perspective on prayer from it being something we do, or it being a laundry list of what we want. And we look Mm -hmm. at it as, okay, this is a conversation 
and it's a two-way conversation and it's a relationship and every interaction good or bad in our, whatever we see as good or bad. If you're angry with God and you have an interaction with God, when you're angry, that is good. That's interaction. It's not, it's, it's tearing the walls down, opening Mm -hmm. things up for him Mm -hmm. to then pour in. And the other thing is if you never ask, there's absolutely no chance that that prayer will be answered. If you never pray it, you have not because you ask not. If you don't mm-hmm. even ask, then of course it's not going to happen. It's kind of like, you know, in hockey the and, and whatever other sports they use it for, you miss 100% of the shots right. you don't take. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Right. But I mean, sometimes God will give you something that you were scared to ask for. I know he's done that for me. Being like, oh, okay. Like if it was something silly and frivolous, I'm like, oh, I don't even want to bother asking God for that. And he's like, well, here you go. But no, that's, that's really true. We've got that right in scripture. You do not have, because you do not ask. And I, I love that you brought up this idea of like a laundry list mm-hmm. because like, I think about when my husband and I were getting ready to move, we talked a lot about, okay, how do we want to set up the living room? How do we want the basement to look like it was, it was a fun way for us to plan for this home that we were buying. Mm-hmm. And now we've been in here a couple of weeks and my husband comes home from work and just asks like, okay, what needs to get done? Right? Like, what do we need right now? We're at the hanging things up stage. What have you got for me to hang up? So like right now we're kind of in the laundry list of, okay, let's get this box moved from here to here. Let's get this post or picture up on this wall and let's fix this light bulb, right? Like that's the list. That's just to get things done. Like the fun part of setting up the home was talking about what we could do with it. Do you know what I mean? Like that was, that was where there was relationship. Whereas Mm -hmm. when it's just, okay, can you move this from here to here? That's just a laundry list. And that's not relationship. Like my husband could hang up the picture or some stranger from across the street could come and hang up the picture and the picture would get done. But only my husband and I can have a conversation about like setting up a home that we're going to live in for decades. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and I think another parallel to what you're talking about is that there is a time to go to God with a list. I think Mm -hmm. there is, Mm -hmm. it's just that that's that can't be all it is. And I think that's, that's the danger is thinking that prayer is only going through a list of God. I need this and this, and this, this Mm -hmm. person needs this and this, and this, you know, and yeah, it's like going through the catalog at Christmas and circling all the things you like, you know, that's, that's not all it can be, but there is a time. I think it's important because I don't, I don't emphasize, I don't emphasize this enough to myself that there is a time for, for the, this needs to get done, God. And you're the only one that has the mm-hmm. power to do it. So please mm-hmm. do it. You know, that's okay too yeah. for a time. I think the, the heart to hearts that we have with God are the foundation, Yeah. right? Like it go. wouldn't make sense for me to give my husband a honey-do list of how to set up the house. And then two weeks later to say, wow, honey, how do you want to set up the house? <laughs> right? Like the, the, 
conversation is the foundation of it. The relationship, Mm -hmm. let's say, is the foundation of it. And yeah, every relationship, like, you know, I give you to-do lists every so often. I'm like, hey, can you look into this for the website and, you know, make sure that we're paid up for our domain? Like, but that there, our relationship is the basis. Like those, those quick, like, Hey, can you do this? Or, Hey, can you look this up for me? Like those are, they're so, um, periphery, peripheral Mm -hmm. to our core friendship. You know what I mean? That they're, they're just almost like the afterthoughts. Like, of course I can ask you for this. And like, I've, I've made some kind of big asks for you. (laughs) Like The time that we had to hop on a plane to California and about an hour before we were going to board, I remembered that my kids were wearing snow boots that they weren't going to need in California and had no tennis shoes. I forgot about that. Remember that? It was like 930 at night and you drove to our hotel to let us borrow tennis shoes for your kids. Like, but that's something you can ask somebody when the relationship's there, right? right? You can't just, like, I can't just throw up on Craigslist. Yeah. Can I get somebody's tennis shoes to take to California for a week? Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, but it's very unlikely something would come of that. (laughs) (laughs) Or if something something did come of it, it's like 70% likely it would be a weirdo. (laughs) That's right. With with different (laughs) motives that you wouldn't want to come. 30% 30% likely it would be just a good Samaritan. 70% likely it'd be a weirdo <laughs> that I don't want to invite into my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that also not the weirdo part, but the part about the asking and the things like that. So another thing that came to my mind that makes people afraid to pray. And I've experienced people being afraid, like saying, I want to pray to God, but you know what? It's been so long. I don't have that relationship. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can't come to him with asking for help with this thing, because I don't have that foundation. So he wouldn't want to hear from me anyway. So there are those kinds of things where it's not like the regular, like, you know, I'm giving you only laundry lists, but it's the person that's afraid of coming to God because they feel guilt or condemnation because they haven't gone to God in a long time. Oh yeah. That totally happens to me. Have you ever like gone to text or message somebody and realize that you're like six months late replying to them? Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's I probably thing. shouldn't say anything at all. Let's just <laughs> let it go another six months. I know. Yep. Yep. Uh, for our younger listeners, I, I always, always tell myself because I, it, I feel like a horrible person saying it. Sometimes that keeps me from calling to say hi to my grandparents because it's like, oh, it's been months. I like, I'm afraid they're sad and disappointed. They Isn't never express that. that. Funny, but, I know. I but I always remind myself like that is a stupid reason to avoid calling somebody. To so push it if, even further back. Yeah, to make it go even further. So for anybody who needs that uh, message, call your grandma and grandpa today. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, but back to the, you know, being afraid to approach God, that's a great enemy tactic. Can't you imagine the enemy just like, you know, Mm -hmm. rubbing his hands together, like, aha, I'll get this person here. I'll keep them away from God for good by just perpetually making them feel bad for not going to God for anything. And then you, then, then you rob that person. That person robs themselves of the opportunity to see God working, which would then like light a fire in their Mm -hmm. relationship with God and kind of prompt that, 
interaction, yeah. I think. I think, you know, picturing God as the father in the parable of the prodigal son is yeah. so useful. He's not sitting yes. there crossing his arms saying, wow, it's been how long? Right. Oh, you're coming to me now when you've hit rock bottom. There's nothing like that mm-hmm. in God's heart. He, he hiked up his, his tunic or skirt or whatever you want to call his robe and ran. And, and that's how God is ready to to meet us. I think most of us as parents can understand that, right? Worst case scenario, let's say your kid just falls off the deep end. You don't hear from them for five years. You don't even know if they're dead or alive. Okay. You are waiting for them to call you. You're not, but, but they might be afraid. Oh, it's been five years. I can't call mom. You can call mom. Mom wants to hear from you. Right. And it's the same with God. That's yeah, I agree. Well, can you think of any other hangups, any other fears, things that might make us afraid? I know every so often I'm a little bit reluctant to pray for something when the hurt is really raw. Like I was talking to my um, business coach and she asked really probing questions about, you know, what's going on in my life. And there have been like two or three times where she's like, how's this going? And I say, it's not great, but I don't really want to talk about it (laughs) because I know I'll end up as like a crying puddle on the floor. And I can, I can think about times where I've kind of done that in my prayers too, Mm -hmm. where I'm not truly ready to go really, really, really deep you know, when there's a a significant hurt or things. And I think that's fine. You know, we think about uh, cleansing and healing for wounds, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's different layers and levels and you don't necessarily go to the deepest level immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can, I can think of times where there have been things that I might have on my heart, but I know if I really, really, really took it to God, the fear is that I would just open up this emotional dam that would never, (laughs) I would never recover from. And so I kind of let those prayers come out in leaks. Mm -hmm. Be like, here's, here's all the things I'm praying for. And Oh God, by the way, I'm still kind of sad about this. And then I leave it at that, you know, and then like another couple of weeks later, we might address it more. I might say, I'm still sad about this and I'm asking for your help. And then maybe like five months later, I'm ready to go deeper, but I can see fear praying through really, really deep hurts or, you know, Mm -hmm. praying with somebody. If you're just afraid that the second you start praying about something, you're going to be a sobbing mess. I can see reluctance for going deep into prayers about certain things that are still very raw. Yeah. I can remember one time in particular, there was something that I didn't even want to verbalize or put into thought words because it was a fear. Yeah. (laughs) Thought words, thoughts. (laughs) Well, you know, you can have thoughts that are feelings and thoughts that are words. It's true. It was just, I've never heard it expressed that way. I'm going to coin that phrase and like trademark it. It should become just like its own compound word. That word. It should. I like it. And so I, I remember, I don't know what it was exactly. I think I just remember it was a thing that I, I just wasn't even wanting to verbalize. And I was standing on my front porch and I was upset and I'm like holding the dog's leash, letting him use the bathroom. And I was just, I just remember being just recognizing that I needed God, but I didn't even know how to, I I didn't want to say the things. And so I was just like, God help. And I just, you know, Mm -hmm. that was it. I was just like, you know, and I sat there and I think I maybe even raised my arms a little bit and just kind of sat there. 
And I, I just felt God's presence and it was mm-hmm. like a burden lifting. Yeah. And it was not, I didn't work through anything, you know, by mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. through, but I yeah. just sat in God's presence and that's okay. When you don't have the words, you don't or you, always have to put it into thought words. No. You don't even have to put it into <laughs> prayer words. <laughs> but you you could just stand there and just be in God's presence or sit there or whatever, be driving and just be there and just be like, God, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and just let him, mm-hmm. let him minister to your spirit. Oh, silently. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without, Without the need for words. mouth words or <laughs> mouth words, words or <laughs> right words. I like That's right good. words. That's my favorite kind of words. <laughs> Those are good words sing words. I believe those are called lyrics, lyrics, singing (laughs) words. Well, so one other thing that I've, I hear people say all the time is never pray for patience. I know. Right. So people are afraid to pray. It's almost superstitious. Like, cause I've been in prayer groups where I've actually prayed for patience for someone. And then later I've had them say, don't, I don't want that. I don't mm-hmm. want to receive that because mm-hmm. I'm afraid yeah. the idea being, if you pray for patience, God's going to test you to the limit. I know. I, I, don't, I dislike that. I, I dislike again, it too. Like I, I'm, I know that God walks with us through suffering and I know that nobody lives a suffering free life. And I know that God uses sufferings to draw us closer to him, but I don't think that that means that the only way to go closer to God is through suffering or that the righteous thing to do is to seek out suffering, you know, like who's to say God can't give you patience by giving you a beautiful night's sleep so that you feel really, really well rested the next day, you know? Yeah. Uh, another one I know of for myself and for others is not when I do this for evangelism. Like sometimes I'm afraid when we do our prayers for the unsaved, I am far yes. more likely to pick yes. people who don't live near me. Right, and I think afraid. there's part of me that figures, okay, then it's, it's my job to pray for them and not my job to witness to them. But if I really, really, really started to pray for the salvation of my next door neighbor, then probably at some point, God's going to nudge me to go and witness to them. That sounds scary or same thing, you know, praying for the mission field or things like that. You know, there's this idea well, the more I pray for it, the more God might expect me to get up off my knees and do something about it. And that could be a reason why we don't dive into our prayer burdens. Oh yeah. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to add? I'm trying to think, and I don't, I, I can't think of any others, but we would love to hear from you guys. If you have any other examples of times Mm -hmm. when you've been afraid to pray, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess if you recognize that you are afraid to pray for something, you know, just pray through that fear, you know, then you can go and listen to all our episodes about praying through fears. Once you identify the fear and yeah, have, I think the goal is to just be less inhibited in our prayers, right? Like I think it would be really sad if my kid came to me one day, you know what, like, I'm scared to ask you for anything. Like that would make me feel really, really sad. Like sometimes I actually like when my kids ask for things that are a tiny bit ridiculous. Like I'm not really talking like expensive, but sort of like, you know, hey, can we invite so-and-so over to spend a week with us? I'm like, yeah, no, but I actually love that they don't mind like they're not scared that I'm going to be mad just for asking right. or they're not scared that I'm going to 
tease them for having, Mm -hmm. you know, like a silly wish or anything like that. So when they come to me with kind of goofy requests like that, it actually makes me feel really good because it, it helps me to know what's on their heart. Kind of like, didn't your daughter ask for a unicorn or something once? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I wish I could think that rings a bell, but I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this was years ago, that, but it was, yeah. But, like literally asked you, for a unicorn. Yeah. yeah. You can't buy her a unicorn, but it does kind of show you what's on her heart. Right. And so maybe it's like, Hey, what do you want for your birthday? I want a unicorn. And you know that you're not going to be able to get her a pet unicorn, but maybe that means you can get her, you know, like a, a toy unicorn or something like it still reveals Something like when my kid asked to have a week-long sleepover with a friend, okay, the answer is always going to be no, unless like his parents are out of town and like it needs to happen. But, but it also like, it tells me something about my son. It tells me like yeah. friendships are so important to him. And if he doesn't get enough time with his friends, he's really sad and he misses yeah. them. And so we can make getting together with his friends a priority without it looking exactly like he expects. And so when, when we do have fears, I would look at it that way. Like God's not up there hating us for the desires that we have. First of all, he already knows our desires. (laughs) Second of all, like he's ready to meet our needs. So maybe what you're praying for is for God's to bring um, your future spouse into your life. And God knows, first of all, like he knows that that's the desire of your heart. But it's also a way to tell him, like, God, what I really want. Like, sometimes we can take the things we want and then just ask yourself, what do I really want, right? Like, with my son, does he really want a week long with his friends? No, he just wants to spend a lot of time, as much time as possible with his friends. That's what he really wants. There's lots of ways that that can come out. Okay, so you want to be married. What do you really want? Maybe it's the intimacy side of it. Maybe it's the... um you know, comradeship side of it. Maybe you're just lonely. And so while you're waiting for God to provide your life partner as a spouse, maybe he's going to, in addition, bring great friends into your life to help meet those needs. So yeah, I I think that it's a great reminder that we never have to be afraid to tell God what's on our heart because A, he already knows it. B, as we talk through it, we can get to the deeper roots, which he's always going to want to meet, right? Maybe not every single person who prays for, um, you know, tons of money is going to get the dollar amount that they pray for. But maybe the root of that is I want to feel totally provided for. You can feel totally provided for with no dollars in the bank account, you know, so like praying through your desires helps you get to the root. Like, what is it you really, really want? Yeah. That's a great exercise to do just personally Mm -hmm. to do that. But yeah, absolutely. To, to do that with God, partnering with God in that process is, Mm. is way more powerful even than just brainstorming and doing it on your own. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool topic. I'm really glad that we got to chat about that. For Mm -hmm. those of you who don't know, we've got some merch. If you want, we've got tote bags, which I think are super cool prayer journals, phone cases, lots of fun merch that also helps just support our ongoing expenses for doing what we do. And you can check out all that we've got at prayingchristianwomen.com slash shop. And now we're going to leave you with our blessing and benediction. May the Lord watch over your coming and going. May he keep you from all harm. 
The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. May you rest in the shadow of the Almighty, your refuge and fortress. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. May the Lord rescue you from every evil attack and bring you safely into his heavenly kingdom. Our benediction today is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.